Hey guys, welcome to Big Church Online. We are so excited that you've joined us today. If you're looking for any sermons or words of encouragement, you've come to the right place. While you're here, please subscribe, like, comment, share. That way you can stay up to date and help others find it as well. Now, let's get this week's sermon in progress. How about we preach about Jesus this morning? Y'all good for that? Come on, you never run out of material when you preach about Jesus. The title of this message is called Finding Breakthrough. Let's look at Mark 3.1. It says, and he, Jesus, entered the synagogue again. Say again. And a man was there who had a withered, crippled hand. Here's the thing about Jesus. Jesus was relentless. Jesus didn't stop short of anything. He was relentless. He went after everything that he wanted, and he was not going to let anything hinder his mission. He kept going back to the synagogue. He kept going back to the church, even though he wasn't accepted. You know, every time he went to church, who was it? The Pharisees, the religious folk were sitting there. They're always trying to find fault with everything that he did. Come on. They were always trying to discredit him and even got to the point where they were trying to kill him every time he was around the synagogue. But he did not give up on his mission. His mission was to seek and to save that which was lost. And here's the ironic thing. He often passed by all those people who thought they had it all together. But he walked by those people. You know why? Because they thought they had everything all together. He was looking for those people. He was trying to find those people who were the outcasts. He was looking for the people that were not loved. He was looking for the people that were looked over. Jesus passed by sometimes the church to find those people. He was relentless and he still is today. How many times has he pursued after you? Come on. How many times did he give you a first chance? And a second chance and a third and a 99. Thank you, Jesus, for your amazing grace who suffered and pursues after us. He was relentless and he still is today. But why was he at? Why was this man this morning at the synagogue? Probably was there to be taught. You know, they used to go to the synagogue to learn the teachings of the priests. But he also could have been searching for a cure to his issue. He had a condition for a long time, and it's interesting, interesting to see that the man seemed to be in the right place, right? He was at the church. He was at the synagogue. He was at the healing place. He was at the place where everybody's supposed to be helpful and loving. But every time he went there, there was no healing. There was no response to his issue. He came to church, and he left the same way he came in. Church, we got to be the healing place for this world. We got to be a hospital for those that are hurting and, and hurt out there. We've got to be loving and compassionate to those. And we have to be strong in our faith to see our city saved. You want to love Louisville back to life? Whoever walks in here, treat them with that kind of respect and let them not leave the way that they walked in. He had this thing for a long time that was going on in his life. But church can make a difference. We have to be that healing place. And I talked to Jim Bennett. He's out doing security right now. But God has done a great work in Jim's life in the last two years. I mean, he, he wrote me this little thing. I kind of condensed it down. But he's been coming for a couple years. And someone invited him. And he kind of put him to the back burner. I'll go sometimes. And finally, one day, he accepted the invitation. And he walked in here and looked across at me. And I looked across at him. I was like, I think I know that guy. 
Jim's been in, in the tire business, a big O, for like 35 years. And I've been, I was there for like 25 years of it. So I know we knew each other. But finally, he decided to come at a time when all hell was breaking loose in his life. And he just said, I want to let you know that through this church, and so many times we say, big church didn't save your life, Jesus did. But he said, through the church, God has really shown up in my life because people cared for me. And he found out that this was a real place. Come on, you can wear shorts and preach in this church. You can wear shorts and come to church, right? Amen? This is a real place. We're probably about the realest pastors you'll ever come to say because we're not perfect. And I think a lot of times you can find healing in a place knowing that even your head has to go. We got, we got to work on ourselves a lot too. Me more than my lovely wife. But anyway, but he wanted to say that God never gives up on us if we remain faithful. And he not only started coming to church, but... Betty, his sister, started coming, and Tanya, his girlfriend, started coming, and, and Jerry, his friend, started coming, and people from the, the outreach center came, started coming. So let me tell you what you do. When you allow God to do something good and big in your life, it trickles down to everyone else around you. This man in this story, he could have given up, but he was relentless. He, did not be, he didn't want to be let the hurt get hold of him. He didn't want insecurity. He didn't want the anger to keep him out of church. So many times we have issues with church. So many times we have issues with Christians. And it keeps us out of the house. Somebody said, if you get a bad experience at the dentist, do you quit going to the dentist? No, you don't. Sometimes things are going to be hurtful. Sometimes things are going to be painful. Sometimes things are, And hurting people are sitting in this room right now. You know why? That's why we need church, because it needs you. We, when trouble comes, you ever notice when trouble comes, the first place you go to is church? When, when, when your spouse is getting ready to leave you, man, you're thinking about, man, how can I get back to, around somebody? When your kids are acting crazy, you're thinking, man, I need to go to church, and I need to go talk to my Christian friends. When all hell breaks loose in your life, you're looking for God for the answers. But he was struggling with his identity. Why was he struggling? Because verse 1, it says he had a withered and a crippled hand. It says a man with a withered and crippled hand. It didn't say John. It didn't say Mike. It didn't say George. I had to come up with some good names. It didn't say a real name of this person. It said a man with a withered hand. It didn't even say a man who had one good hand. The name that he got was a label that was put on him, the man with the withered hand. A label is a tag that's been attached to something that gives information and content. We tend to identify people by their labels even though they have names. Come on, you've been around your friend, that's my dramatic friend. Y'all got any dramatic friends in here? Oh, Lord Jesus. All y'all women got a bunch of dramatic friends, don't you? But that's my emotional friend, or that's my friend that's always down, or that's my friend that's always up. We, we, a lot of times we take people not by their names, but we, we by their labels. What have you been labeled? Have you been labeled insignificant? Maybe you've been labeled insecure. Maybe you've been labeled a depressed or anger or fearful. Once you put a name on it, it starts to stick. 
Once you put a name on it, it starts to stick. When you allow people to start speaking over your life or you start speaking over someone else's life, before too long, you start to identify with that label. Don't let a label be what you live by. It does not matter how many times I check the clothing that I put on. There's always some kind of label on it when I wear it. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. She, I, I'll rip this off and tear this off, but there's always one stuck back here just a little bit, right? And I didn't look. I wasn't paying attention. I didn't see it, but I always have one, don't I? She is very good at ripping them off. But God is saying today, don't let your disability, don't let your issue label you or define you. God knew you before you were formed, and he knew you were going to have deficiencies. He knew that you were going to have flaws. But let me tell you what, the good thing about God is he looks beyond our faults. He looks beyond our past. He looks beyond our limitations. He looks beyond our current definition of success. Oh, so many of us think we're, we're not where we need to be. And God said, oh, you're farther along than you thought you are. Some of you in here today, I got news for you right now. God is pleased with you. Oh, you've been saying I'm not enough and I don't know if I can do it. God's saying, no, no, baby, you're right on the right track. You're going in the right vein. Keep going where you're going. I just released somebody in here more. You're better than you think you are. Just because you're not in the lineup, that doesn't mean God doesn't have something lined up for you. He chose you. He let, you got to leave, leave the label behind. God wants you to say label off, just like my wife always takes care of mine. Listen in verse 2. So they watched him closely. Isaiah, you're going to get a kick out of this one. Whether he would heal him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. How do you deal with haters? I wish Paige was here. She'd be going, haters going to hate, hate, hate. I don't even know the song, but that's what they do. Shake it off, right? <laughs> wish I could sing that one, but I don't know it. But how do you deal with haters? You first focus on the work. You focus on what's in front of you. The establishment hated Jesus. Listen, they're going to hate you when you stand up for what... When you stand for what's right, they're gonna, you're going to be hated in this world. When you stand up for everything around you, you're not going to be popular. And let me just tell you something. If you haven't figured it out, we are becoming the minority in this world today. So it's going to take us a little time to stand up on our own two feet and say, I'm standing for the truth. You can expect criticism. People are always going to be watching you. They're always going to be hating on you. And listen, jealousy hinders the mission. They were jealous of Jesus. You know why? Because they couldn't do what Jesus did. Accusation usually comes from a lack of doing nothing. You know what? So many people want to tell you what you're doing wrong, but then you look at them and say, what are you doing? Have you tried anything? Have you gone that extra mile? Don't tell me I'm doing it wrong if you're not doing anything about it. The man, they saw this man, but often. They saw him almost every day or every time the synagogue opened, but they did not have the power to heal him. The only way you have haters is to do nothing. Jesus was, looking at his, was not looking at his surroundings. He wasn't looking at the situations around him. He was looking at this man for this day. He wasn't going to let anyone else hinder him from the mission. He said, I got a mission to be with a man with a withered hand on this day. 
And he said to the man in verse three, and he said to the man who had the withered hand, step forward. Here's what he did. He first had to stand up. Remember, there was nothing wrong with his legs. There are many things around us that are crippling us or keeping us sitting down. Some of those things you can't see with the physical eye. Sometimes you can't see the fear in somebody's heart or in their mind. And we're going to talk about that in a few weeks. You can't see the depression, the crying that they do in their bedroom when no one is looking. You can't see the anxiety that they go through each and every day. But also, it could be the people around you. Somebody got to listen to this. Peer pressure. Family expectations, what, what are people going to say about me? And sometimes they will keep you in a place called stuck, and also it'll keep you in a place of sitting down and not moving. Listen, this guy had been let down by society. He'd been let down by the church. Because let me tell you, back in those days, if you had a deficiency, it was almost like you had sinned and done something wrong in the church's eyes. He'd been looked down as a sinner. His family and friends had turned their back on him. You can imagine how they talked about him when he walked into church. Man, did you see that guy? Don't let your fear and don't let your insecurities keep you stuck. I can remember when we started this church, and I've told this story a few times, but if it hadn't been for my wife sticking a foot up my butt sometimes, keeping me motivated... I let fear take over because I started crunching numbers and I was like, oh my gosh, there's no way possible we could start this church. We had X amount of dollars in the bank and I told Bobby, I said, we got a little job and a year later we were done with our little job, but uh, he, he knew he listened to me cry and whine for about a year. But let me tell you what happened is I didn't allow that to get me stuck even though I had some meltdowns, even though I had some breakdowns. And there's, in your life, you're gonna have those things, but you have to sometimes just pull yourself up by your bootstrap. Sometimes you just have to say, okay, God, I believe if you said it, you're gonna make a way where there seems to be no way. If you said to build it, you're going to make a way. And he started making a way, didn't he, Bob? Every time we turned around, somebody was handing us money. Amen. Praise the Lord. It was good. Don't let your insecurities keep you bound. You, he had a choice to either step up or stay bound. You have a choice to either stay bitter or get better. There's a man called Bruce Bryan. He spent 23 years at 23. Let me read this. Convicted of homicide at 23, was released 30 years later. But you know what he did? He said, I use my cell like an office. I use the education center like a university. He said, I use that wrongful conviction to make me a better person. Now he's traveling and he's speaking about how he didn't allow that go. Let me tell you something. You can sit in your cell if you want to. You can sit in your pity if you want to. If you could... You can sit in whatever you're about to sit in. And God says, I want you just to get up and walk out of that. The man in this story, he had to trust. He had to have faith that today, come on, somebody got needs to today could be different. When you wake up each day, you need to have an expectation that today could be different. No matter what you've been through, no matter what you're going through, no matter what looks like, today could be different. Today could be your day. Verse four, then he said to them, he's talking to the haters, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they kept silent. When you do the right thing, 
They were confused. They didn't know what to say. They was like, oh my gosh, what am I supposed to say to that? And when he had looked around at them with anger, see, Jesus got ticked off too, being grieved by the hardness of their hearts. We got to understand he was grieved because there was nothing moving around them. Are we moved with the things around us? Have we become desensitized to all of the world? When you go and do outreaches, have we become so desensitized to know there is a hurt, a lost, and a dying world out there? I believe God is grieved when we just pass by. There's a story in the Bible about, a, about the Good Samaritan. Maybe you've heard it. But there was a man that was beaten. He was left in the ditch to die. And the priest and the Levi both passed by and didn't even offer any help to him. Those are the people who should have been offering the most help. And they offered no help to him. Then the Samaritan stopped by. Let me tell you something. He had every right to pass this Jew by because the Jews treated the Samaritans terribly. But he didn't let that keep him. He saw the need and he didn't let pride, he didn't let anger keep him from doing nothing. Listen, there's hurting people all around us in our schools and at work and our families. And there's hurting people in this church that need you. What you've been through, what you're going through to help them. I pray that the Holy Spirit would give us such a conviction to come alive in us and open our hearts and our minds to what is going on around us, not in our little church bubble, not in our little crew bubble, not in our li- but to, to the world. I love some of our crews that are going out and praying for people at the mall, going out into this world and being the hands and feet of Jesus. That's what he called us to be and do. Woo, okay, slow down. Verse five. And he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out. And his hand was restored as whole as the other is. But what do we do when God says stretch it, stretch out? Our tendency is not to expose our weakness. We want to expose our good hand, right? The one that's withered or the thing inside of our life that he's wanting to us to expose, we don't expose that. We give him the good side of us. God, I'm coming to church and I'm going to cuss less. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm going to cuss less and some of the habits that I have, I'm, I'm going to quit doing them quite as often and, and I'm going to come to church and I'm going to do my very, very best. No, Jesus said to this man, stretch out your hand, not your withered hand, not your bad hand, not your crippled hand. I want you to stretch forth your hand. Listen, it's okay to show Jesus your, broke, your brokenness. It's okay to show him your mess. It's okay okay to show him your wither side. You know why? Because he already knows it. There are things that we are hiding that Jesus wants us to heal. He wants to deal with what's deep inside of you. Jesus wants to go to the core, not the surface. He doesn't want to know if you're shameful. Why are you shameful? He doesn't want to know if you have feel rejection, why do you feel rejection? He wants to go to the very core of those things and heal you. His whole goal for you is wholeness. Now, let me just tell you something. It may not happen every day. Some of us are still on a journey where God is healing things. He's restoring things. But let me tell you what, if you put your hand, your best hand out there, God is going to take you to that place you need to go. His goal is wholeness. Our weakness has to become known So we can be made whole. And listen, you have the power to speak healing over yourself. 
Bible says you have the power of life and death are in the tongue. If you get up every single day and you say, I'm going to be this way or I'm going to be that way, most of the time you're going to be that way that day. But if you get up each day and say, I'm going to have peace on the gene center. I'm going to have joy when I'm going to work. I'm going to love people even though I don't want to love them. That's when God can work with you and take you to the place you need to go. You got to speak it and you also got to believe it too. Our faith is get activated when we start believing what God says. And listen, what the enemy labeled you and told you you were, you got to quit speaking that over yourself. You got to start believing that I am a child of the Most High God. I'm above and not beneath. I'm the head and not the tail. Our healing is not only for us, but it's for other people too. You know why? Someone needs to hear, someone needs to see what God has done in your life. You know why? Actions speak louder than words. When they see you not acting a fool anymore, they're going to say, wonder what happened to them. I know they started going to church and they ain't acting that way anymore. That's what God is doing. In, that's what God is doing in your life. He's doing that in your life too. Three things that can cause healing and breakthrough in your life. Number one, make a decision to stand. This man had two feet. Don't keep looking at what you don't have. Don't keep looking at your physical ability and don't be looking at how smart you are, how much education you might not have or your economic stance. God says this, God only asks us to use what we have. And so many times we limit ourselves because we're trying to be, we're trying to be someone else on social media and we're trying to be someone else in our family and we can never live up to that. God says, be you and use what you have. You take action in repentance. When you mess up, say, God, I messed up. I need you to help me. Don't let repentance go long, long, long time because before too long, it gets harder and harder to repent. Take action with repentance. And take a stand for what you believe in. Number two, Take action, step. If you want him to work it out, you may have to step while you're wounded. You may have to, you may try to put it off until you got it all together. How's that worked out for you? God sometimes wants you to take that step of faith while you're wounded. Take that step out into your healing while you don't have it all together because that's where he can meet you, just said, in the middle. There is freedom in a step. Stepping back, standing still, and staying in place are not an option if you want healing. To receive what you need, what kind of step do you need to take this morning? Maybe the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you and saying, man, I need you to step here. And I've said, and you've been going, okay, yeah, I'm stepping, God. Yeah, I'm sure I am stepping. He's like, you're stepping sideways, you're stepping backwards. He said, I want you to take a step forward and listen. Even if it's not that big of a step, take a small one if you have to. Step forward. Number three, stretch. God is calling us to get out of our comfort zone. This man had to make a choice to stretch. And listen, there's two, two, uh, two accounts in this, one in Luke. I'm, I spoke to the one in Mark, but there's one in Luke. But Luke, he specified that it was the right hand of this man. You know why that's symbolic? 
because the right hand was a symbol of power and strength in the Jewish culture. If you remember reading in the Bible, it says the right hand of God. He said he sat down at the right hand of God. It also says in another verse that it's God's mighty right hand. So here's what it is. It's what made it harder for him to reach out because it showed more than just a weakness, not just physically, but psychologically. Because he, 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 he couldn't stretch the hand that was supposed to be prominent in those days. He had to hide it all the time. God says, I want you to stretch forth that thing and I'm going to heal it. Stretching is uncomfortable and it requires more. I have a hard time being stretched. Sometimes I feel like I stretch. You remember, I'm telling my age, stretch Armstrong. I feel like I'm being stretched, but I was like, don't stretch me too far. I have a great wife who stretches me all the time and I need it 99% of the time. But stretching is when you reach your limit and go beyond what he can do. We have to allow our sometimes to be stressed. We have to take a risk. <sighs> Stretching out requires humility. It's a posture that says, I need help. I can't do this on my own. So many times we won't let God stress us because we don't want it. We, we're so prideful. We think we have it all together. And God says, oh my goodness. He said, you need to call. The Bible says, call to me and I'll help you. So God says, get in that vein. You gotta say, Jesus, I'm stretching. I've tried to fix this. I've lived with this too long. You've gotta be the one to straighten it out. But then he says, you gotta reach it out to me. I can't stretch it out if you're hiding it. I can't stretch it out if you got it in your pocket. I can't stretch it out if you don't even talk about it. I need you to show it to me so I can heal it. As you stretch, God will begin to heal you. And he will begin to restore you. Let's all stand if we would, please. If you've ever played cards, you'll understand the concept of getting dealt a bad hand. Sometimes we feel like, man, life has just dealt me a bad hand. Maybe family, situa family situations and upbringing have dealt you a bad hand. Maybe you've been struggling your whole life and you feel like you can't get past it or I don't even think anybody cares about what I'm going through. This morning, Jesus is here to heal you if you will reveal. I'm speaking to someone this morning that Sometimes you have to make a decision to stand, in which we just stood all in the room. Sometimes you have to make a decision to take a step. There is healing in a step. Sometimes you can get healed in the back of the room. Sometimes you can get healed in a car. Sometimes you can get healed in your bedroom. But there is something about taking a step and taking action towards God. Because when you draw nigh to Him, He draws near to you. So this morning, I'm going to ask you to take an action, to take a step. And stretch out of your comfort zone. Maybe, that, maybe you're not comfortable doing that. Maybe you've never given your heart over to Jesus. And you're like, I don't really understand what that is. It's as simple. It's not simple walking it out. You have to walk with him each and every day. But it's simply saying, God, I'm here. I'm a sinner. 
I have messed my whole life. Come on, you can use your own words. There is no formula to it. You can say, God, I messed my whole life. I'm a sinner. I need a savior. Forgive me. God, I don't want to live like this. I accept you as my savior, Jesus Christ. If you've never made that decision, I'm telling you, it's the best decision you can ever make. But sometimes taking a step out towards an altar, there'll be people on the left and right here to pray with you. And sometimes that's a, a freeing thing for you. But I'm also gonna ask you this, what is withered in your life? Maybe there's things that have dried up in your life, maybe your dreams, maybe your ambitions, maybe certain relationships that you didn't want withered up have kind of gone away and you're having to navigate through that. Can I just tell you that God wants to do something in public in your life that can be so visible and so lasting that people are gonna go, wow, wow. I can't believe that's the same person. This morning, God is calling you to step out. If you want something healed in your life today, you know what, you gotta reveal it to heal it. And until you put that thing forward to him, He's just asking for a step today. So as they sing this song and we end the service, let's not end the service. Let's begin a new life in Him, in Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. If you're looking for more information or resources, you can visit mybigchurch.com or follow us on social media at mybigchurch. We love you guys. See you soon. Thank you.